Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Damn these Biloxi blues. It happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer That could ever be a friend of mine I have not Summer heat never treats me kind It leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell Putting in my notice And I'll see you out another time This highway Does not know my name And I don't care No, I don't care in my way For another place And I got Three good tires And, and to the hook, to the hook Just a white line gypsy Getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to keep there Low Budget Live Not so, from Jackson live from the low budget live bar and bunker again. We're bunkered up, folks. We are bunkered up down here in southern middle Tennessee. It's a little hot. I'll turn that down a little bit. Hope y'all are all doing well out there. You low lifers, you, you LBL low life and son of a guns. I hope that you are. Uh, Hope you're staying safe out there. Hope you hope you're staying well. And uh, holy crap, I am going to start this podcast a little different than normal. And everybody tends to anytime you get off subject of what people think you should be talking about, people tend to say stay in your lane and and uh, you know. But I think for me. With all this craziness, I, I truly, it's this week 
has been there. There's been some really good this week in the fishing world, and then in the rest of the world, there's just been it's just it's just craziness, folks. It's craziness. It's it's 2020, and and every time I I, I turn on anything, whether it's social media or the television, and I see what's happening in our nation, it's truly terrifying to think that this is the country we're living in right now that this is real life it's like watching a movie and what happened to george floyd was nothing short of murder and was terrible terrible and i had not seen it um and marissa showed showed me the video and and it's just it's just to think that that's somebody's family member, son, husband, dad, what whatever the case is, it's just awful. And I don't care whether you black, white, purple, chartreuse, and red, whatever, man, green pumpkin, <laughs> whatever you are in life, it don't matter. No, nobody should go out like that. Nobody should go out like that. And so my... My heart goes out to his family, and they're definitely. We definitely need to see change in this country of some kind, and and that this is this goes beyond a a just single incident, and it goes. It's it's very it's very deep, and I don't have any answers, and I am not smart enough to even speak on the subject. But I can tell you what I do know, and what I am witnessing is these things that are these peaceful protests that are then being turned for whatever reason by whomever they're being turned into these violent looting arson field things that are destroying american cities and hurting american business owners it's just it's just it's truly sickening and i think for me this is the podcast for june 1st monday june 1st and recording this on a sunday night and last night I was laying in bed, and and it broke out in Nashville, which is very close to home, very close to home for me. And you, you saw what started in in Minneapolis, and that's a wonderful city and a wonderful area of our country with a lot of wonderful people. And you saw what was happening there, and now it is spreading across the United States, and it is it is it's scary. It's a scary time to be raising children. It's a scary time. I mean, think just think about with all the COVID craziness and and now this and and it's like we forgot about the the COVID thing. You know, it's like the media, of course, they move on and and now we got all these large gatherings of people doing this stuff and and it's crazy to think that that two weeks ago you could have been thrown in jail for opening your business back up to try to feed your family, and now you can't get arrested for kicking in a damn window and setting a place on fire or going in and getting whatever you want. And I just don't even know what to say, man. So I just wanted to touch on that for a minute. I, I do try to stay in my lane. I don't like talking politics. This has nothing to do with politics. Has nothing to do. This is a humanity issue all the way around. And I feel like if you disagree with the fact that there's some major injustice going on at times in our country and that 
regardless of what's going on, four police officers watching a man die is not okay. It's not okay. So I feel like that, uh, you know, it has to be, it has to be talked about. It has to be talked about. And, and, um, if that's not something that people feel I should be able to speak about on my, on my little corner of the podcast world here, then, then fast forward or, or don't watch, you know, we'll get to the fishing talk, but there are just sometimes there are more things that are just so much more important than, than the craziness in our little fishing world, which we will get to, which we will get to. But so I, I, I hope all of you are staying safe out there and I, I pray that, somehow our country can be unified again and and can be this beautiful place that it is and all of that being said there's a there's a new album by a band I really love called Reckless Kelly and if you don't listen to them but they they're they're amazing they're from Idaho but they're a Texas band loved them for years and they've got a new album called North American Jackpot and they got they got a line in that song it's like we hit the jackpot baby you and me we were born in North America in the 21st century so with all this going on i i can say this there's still nowhere on earth that i would rather be than the United States of America and for me there's nowhere on earth I would rather be than than Southern Tennessee, on my little piece of heaven right here because it's it's it is kind of blocked off from the world and it has been nice sitting on the sitting on the porch swing and listening to the crickets and watching deer and and just kind of being at peace with all this craziness, man. But y'all take care of each other out there. I, I know that that at times this podcast is. Is drama field, and we we bicker and fight about stupid things going on in the industry. But I don't hate anybody, right? I don't hate anyone uh, over anything that's ever been done to me. It's it's a it's a talking point, um, and nobody deserves a lot of the things that are going on in this country right now. So we just got to all figure out how to fix it. You know, that's just the bottom line. Got to figure out how to fix it. Thank y'all for letting me uh, letting me go on around. I don't even know if I said anything. I, I've been. I, I told the triple threat. I'm like, I've got to say something because it's on my heart and it's on my mind. And I feel like as a human being, you have to say something. And I don't. There's so many emotions going through you in this situation um, that our guest tonight is texting me. Uh, I, there's just so many emotions going on that I I just feel like you, you just I don't even know what would come out. But so I thank you guys for indulging me in that. And now let's move on to our regular regularly scheduled distraction presented by Startron. Thanks to the fine folks at Startron Starbright, I've actually actually uh, you know been. Using some StarTron all weekend. I've been working hard. I, I've had uh, just, golly, I've worked yesterday outside. Holy cow. I feel like I'm working for my room and board around here. Um, triple threat. It's been on me. But, man, we've had uh, Harper is giving swim lessons here at the Duncan house. 
starting tomorrow. So it's been like, the pool needs to be this, and you got to do that. And I have been painting a freaking deck, and I'm going to tell you right now, if you ever get the idea to do that, either try to find somebody that will do it for you for like a case of beer or stick your hand in a blender. It would be more fun. be a lot more fun. But uh, been doing that, but I, I, did, I did get to fish Friday. I, I got to fish. This is, this is a good thing. This is a very good thing that happened this week. I got to catch up with an old friend. I'm 30, almost 37 years old and graduated high school many moons ago. And one of my very, 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 very best friends from high school, Mr. Matt Taylor, and I have not fished together. We fish together every waking moment in high school. And we have not fished together in many, 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 many years. And one of the best things about this quarantine and being around home and not traveling as much as I've got to see a lot of my old friends, but I ran into Matt the other day at the tackle store and we said, man, we need to go fishing. And so he and I spent a day in the boat together on Friday and it was absolutely just everything that it should have been. It was a, it was a great, great time. And uh, so just got, got rained on and then burned up hot and he, his wallet actually blew out of the boat. (laughs) So he may not go with me again anytime soon. We had a great time though. Uh, So that was a positive of the week. A positive. And now let's move on. Fishing, fishing world, fishing news, fishing world. We've got a good guest tonight, uh, today, June first. Recording this at night, but you, good guest for y'all. A great guest, somebody that I, I can't wait to talk to. But um, and about this next subject, I'm going to talk about what in the world is going on. Evan Rude just said we're done. Just said we're done. I've gotten some messages from you folks out there that are like, "Hey, man, you need to cover this." You need to cover this. Well, I ran an Evan Rude last year on the FLW Tour, and I loved the engine. Loved it. Loved loved uh, loved the people there. There are so many great people that I, I know within that organization, and this year it did not work out for me to represent them again, and it did not work out for me uh, dealer-wise to have another Evan Rude. It's a long story, but... I'm I'm running a Mercury that I bought and paid for full retail, not sponsored, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and I like that engine too, but I loved my Evinrude last year. Loved it. This is, uh, it's, I won't say that it's surprising for me. And the reason I say it's not is because of things like market share, corporate America at its finest, uh, you know, they, they were kind of the last, guys with a stand standing uh grip so to speak on two strokes everything's moving to four stroke they had not gone that way and i think that they've just been you know between being bought and sold bought and sold bought and sold several times from that original evander johnson you know brand that have been building motors for over 100 years and you know, this legendary brand, I think it's been diluted down, diluted down, diluted down to, you know, now it's owned by BRP, which makes uh, personal watercraft, sea dues and things like that. And so it's definitely not the priority. And so I get that part of it. And I think that from a business decision standpoint, hard decisions have to be made sometimes. Now, what's not being talked about in this is they're, they also owned Alumacraft boats. They own, um, I forget what pond. Oh, uh, they own Triton Manitou pontoons up in uh, Michigan. Great people that work there. And they're closing down Alumacraft in Arkansas and in Minnesota with this as well. Over 600 people are going to be out of a job. I know some 
wonderful people, some people I consider dear friends and colleagues in the marine industry, bass fishing world that I've known for many moons that I don't know how this is going to affect them. And I, I, I hope, and I haven't, I haven't reached out just because it's just so, it's so awkward at this point. But then, you, so you're talking about great people losing jobs. Not only are people losing um, that, but you're losing a great product that a lot of people really enjoyed running and, and being, you know, loyal to that brand. And then you're losing pro staff. There's a lot of guys that are going to be affected by this. A lot of pros. A lot of pros. And our guest today hopefully can give us some little insight into maybe what's going on. I saw Scott Martin made a video. I didn't, I haven't watched it yet. You know, what, you know, what's coming up next now? You know, there's so many changes. And I told you all this. I, I did not, I did not know this one was coming. I won't act like I got a crystal ball on this one. Doesn't surprise me though, but I, I will say there are so many changes. I've, I've said it. There's so many changes. And the problem from a business standpoint, when you have one of these big companies like this that sponsored folks, gave people motors, paid them different things. Now all that, you got companies like Mercury or a company like Yamaha, like they got to pick, they get to pick and choose who they want. And those deals get harder and harder and harder to get. So it's, it's really, cause a lot of pros make, make, uh, you know, Part of their payment is that motor they get. So really sad to see uh, an industry staple go away like the Evan Rude and the, the G2s. So uh, be thinking about those folks. All right, moving on to positivity. Positivity. Had to send a text. All right, my ice machine's over here at the Low Budget Bar and Grills clanging and clanking. So... This week, it finally happened. It finally happened. We got that Bass Master Classic announcement, and it was done in rare form by the G-Man himself, Mr. G. Roald Swindle, and he fished with Riley Green, and they did Bassmaster Live, and it was cool. I, I've got to say, I'm being a music nut, and I like Riley, and Gerald and Riley are buddies and have been for a while now, and and... It was fun to watch. They really gave each other a hard time. And, and the guys, Thomas Allen and Chris Mitchell and gang from Bassmaster that pulled it off, they, they were dealing with some bad weather. They really rocked it. It was, it was cool. And then they came back and shot some videos of Riley playing some songs on Gerald's tailgate of his truck there in the shop. And it was really cool. It was really, really cool to watch. And, and uh, so if you didn't get to see it, go check it out. I got to watch most of it. It was a rainy old, rainy old day, so I got to watch most of it, but uh, it, was, it was cool, very cool. And so get your cowboy boots and cowboy hat ready because we're going to freaking Texas, baby. Back to Tejas for the classic, but to Fort Worth, Texas this time. And I'm telling you, if everything will straighten out in the world with the COVID and blah, 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 because who knows at this point, but if everything will straighten out, I truly believe with all I have, this will be the big, biggest classic yet. I do. From a crowd standpoint wise, I don't think it could be any bigger than what than what we're facing with this one. I think it'll be huge. I think it'll be huge. And I, I can't wait. I think it's going to be awesome. And that being said, low budget live. Live from Texas. If you're going to play in Texas, you better have a fiddle in the band and we're bringing freaking Shannon Wheeler with us. You can damn sure bet. 
we're going to have them old ostrich skin boots on. And I don't know if I – I might wear a cowboy hat. Who knows? But I'm already I'm already thinking ahead to that. I'm already working on that a little bit. That's going to be a fun one. Lake Ray Roberts. I don't know a lot about it. I'm going to try to get somebody on next week that is an expert with Ray Roberts and, and pick their brain a little bit. I'm, I'm excited. It, it feels good to have some – some fishing news, some good fishing news, and and you know some stuff to get pumped about. And and the classic is the biggest event in the sport. And next year will be no exception. They they really rolled the red carpet out in Fort Worth. Look like I've seen some press releases from them and things. Fort Worth stockyards. I've never hung out in Fort Worth. I'm look. I've traveled all over this grand nation of ours and never hung out in Fort Worth too much. So if you are a uh, Dallas Fort Worth resident, drop a comment below if you're watching this on YouTube or get at me. Send me a message. Where should we do low budget live live besides Billy Bob's Texas? Because <laughs> I don't think they're going to let us do it there. Would be really cool to do that, but uh, it's probably not going to happen. So let me know. Let me know. I, I'm I'm excited about it. And comment below if you're excited about that too. I think that's going to be a big event toward the end of March. I think they'll rock. Some big fish. Sounds like Ray Roberts has got them. I know uh, Chris and Traits Aldane live right there close. Ray Bob, as they call it, may uh, may need to pick their brain a little bit on this situation. But could not be more excited about that. I think the timing of it and everything will be a really, really, really good event. And I think the industry will need it by then. To say the very least, I know I know we all will. And you got to think if you're a Texas guy that knows that lake, like a Lee Livesey, or you know, I'm sure Clark Winlet knows that lake well. I'm sure there, you know, there are several. I know Carl Jacobson lived in that general area for a long time. Probably not. these guys are, are got to be jacked about it. I'm sure they are. You know, how could you not be? If you don't get excited about the Bassmaster Classic, you're a little bit dead. Pumped about that one pumped about that i've always had a real weird kinship with texas i have spent a lot of time down in the rayburn area working for th marine doing some things and fishing and the the people at sealy's outdoors the sealy outdoors big bass splash family the sealy's nicole and bob and miss donna i and i've met so many friends out there of the i love texas i love texas music i've always loved texas music so I'm jacked about that one. The Houston Classic was meh. The one Jay Lee won, meh. It's just okay. Houston, Houston's really not. It, it was just kind of weird. The setup was weird, but I think this one will kill it. You know, Houston was fun. Houston's a great city, but it was just I don't know. I think this one's going to be. I'm really pumped about this one. Really pumped about it. So, looking forward to that. Now. Moving on to even more fishing news. <laughs> just, hey, Luke, you started the podcast being all crazy, and now just more fishing news than we've had in, in months. I mean, fishing is back. It's back. We had, a, we had an actual tournament, a national tournament this week, a, a, an FLW, MLFLW ran Toyota series, and fishing is back, baby. It's back, and this one was right down here in my backyard on Pickwick out of lovely Florence, Alabama, and had several big old fat names in it, several superstars of the sport, and then you had a lot of really great locals that jumped in, and you had, I think they had 150 boats, and of course they have co-anglers as well, and Jacob Wheeler, big surprise there. 
Jacob Wheeler came out on top, and I don't know that anybody's fishing any better than him in the past several years, obviously, but good gosh, and now he's won at every level of FLW, they were saying. Just crazy, just crazy, but uh, I know that he was down there for several days before that event, you know, trying to get dialed back in, and he, and he you know, worked his tail off, and he, he was like top 10, lower rung of the top 10 the first day and just kept duck, 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 climbing up and he and he won the thing and john murray was in it who who doesn't who doesn't love john murray love john murray but john murray gave it a run but ended up you know his co-winner waxed him on the last day and john only caught a couple fish justin atkins justin atkins just smashed top five Buddy Gross saw Michael Neal was in this thing. My, my little buddy Nathan Martin from down there in Florence. Nathan's on it. Uh, got, came in twenty. Jason Lambert, a lot of big names. Tim Horton was in the thing. Michael Neal, several names. Wesley Strader, several big names. A lot of FLW guys. Kurt Mitchell, Matt Becker, a lot of a lot of those guys. But my little buddy Michael Brewer from my hometown here, Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, who used to travel with me as a co he was a co-angler on the FLW tour for a couple of years, stayed with us, traveled with me, practiced. He's my practice partner. He finished fourth place down there. So big shout out to Michael for getting it done on his home lake. And now he's gonna fish uh, the rest of those, I think, and move on. And he uh he had a chance to win the dang thing, man. He he kind of cut it close. Kind of cut cut it close, but it was weird. So Tournament was a great event, um, and I wish we could have talked to Jacob Wheeler about it, but I reached out to Jacob, and he respectfully declined my invitation <laughs> to come on Low Budget Live, and I think it goes without saying why, probably, but um, he, you know, he doesn't like the drama. Uh, he's made several comments about the all fish count versus five fish. And there have been a lot of comments on FLW stuff like, well, good for him finally. But he enjoyed finally fishing a real tournament again. There's been a lot of people throwing throwing shade. Y'all know me. I don't throw a lot of shade at the formats. That's not my deal because uh, Jacob will beat you if it's 100 fish, five fish, three fish, one fish, whatever, he'll beat you. Um, and I think he was afraid that he was going to come on and it was going to be that. But, you know, he uh, – he respectfully declined, and that's, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. I would love to have Jacob on and talk to him about a lot of things going on in the world. He runs an Evinrude. I had a lot of questions for Jacob, and, of course, would love to have talked to him about this tournament and the rest of this year and his win at follow. but uh, he respectfully declined. So there you go. Um, he, he definitely uh, enjoys fishing MLF and FLW, and he is, uh, he's not going to step out of that box and say anything negative, and I know that I'm obviously, uh, I make those folks big mad. <laughs> so I get it. I get it. And uh, I, I like Jacob, and I respect Jacob, but, but I just want to throw that out there. I tried to have him on, and, and he didn't want to come on. Um, but, but people do get big mad about this and, and it causes more drama. Man, there's threads about me on forums. I think it's hilarious. I love it. Um, keep on listening. Keep on listening. People that make comments like, you wouldn't even have this podcast wouldn't stuff like that. But why are you watching it then? <laughs> it's just bizarre to me. But uh, so that's not a shot at Jacob Wheeler, by the way, in any any capacity. Um, just want to throw that out there. Uh, but we will have our guest did fish the event. But um, 
I, back to the tournament, I do feel like it was strange, you know, this new normal. The weigh-ins were staggered. They were calling people up, leaving them down in the boat. There was not weigh-in lines. Guys had two microphones, and or the guys came up on stage. They were given a mic, and it was just, you know, the, the last FLW, the Lake Martin tournament, was that way and so they handled it well with all this new social distancing 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 stuff but i just hope this is not the new normal i do i think that every time i go to home depot and the cashiers are in a damn you know cube glass cube and and things i I hope this is not the new normal it's very very bizarre i hope it's all temporary and i hope we get it figured out just like everything i talked about the first of the show i hope we get it figured out but um it was certainly bizarre so bass fishing is back Question mark. That's the that's the reason this is titled that. Bass fishing is back because it is, but it's definitely not back like like uh, we're used to yet. Yet I'm get, I'm really anxious to see how Bassmaster does it with Dave Mercer and everything. I, man, that one's going to be one to watch down at Ufala. <laughs> it's going to be uh, it's going to be very 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 interesting to say the very least. All right, so here we go. My guest tonight, today, June 1st, 2020, this awful year of 2020, my guest today was mentioned earlier in that top five in that Toyota series down on Pickwick Lake. He is the 2017 Forestwood Cup champion. He did that in his rookie season on the FLW Tour over at Lake Murray. He still owes me for a bet for that week. We will talk about that. Bassmaster Central Open champion down on Logan Martin 2018. And most recently, other than the Toyota series, was seen down at Lake Fork assaulting giant largemouth on a spinning rod. That old Abu Garcia uh, catching 10-pounders. Ladies and gentlemen, he's a new daddy, and he is one of my good, good buddies, Mr. Justin Atkins. We're going to see if we can get him on the phone right now. Yo. There he is right there, ladies and gentlemen, Justin Atkins. Can you hear him going crazy for you? I do. <laughs> Justin. What's up, there's buddy? So many, there's so many people here. In the low budget live barn grill. What's up, dude? You so I mean we 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 we've been texting this week. You had a you had a pretty big week. It's 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 not the biggest week you've had lately though. <laughs> no, no, it's definitely not the biggest week I've had lately. I got more sleep this week than I have lately. Did you? I did. I did. Well that's good. So first of all, congrats on a top another top five. I'm rolling my eyes at you into the camera. Another top five. For Justin, uh, but you worked your tail off in this one though, and I want to talk about that because your whole approach, because you and I talked about this a lot, ledge fishing and the way we've fished the Tennessee River for years is changing. You feel like a lot, for sure. And you yeah, approach sure. this tournament differently. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I've just in the last few years, um, everybody's become a ledge fisherman. I say that not trying to step on anybody's toes. Right, yeah, like, absolutely. It's it's fun, and anything that's fun in life, people want to get in on it. And we made it famous, you know. Um, and I say we lightly. I mean, I put myself very small on that list. Um, you know, it was Randy Haynes and Mark Rose were doing it, you know, 2005, 6, 7, 8, There were a lot of people doing it before them, too. You know what I mean? You know. Around here, So, that's right. So, 
um and i started getting in on it in about 2010 and learned a lot about it and whole nine yards but in 2020 everybody does it yes you know and if in the springtime when you can fish down the bank the whole lake becomes available boats really spread out but if you took all 300 boats that are on pickwick any given day and said you all have to fish in indian creek that's about how much available water is out there mm-hmm. for ledge fishing. There's 60, 70 spots where those fish like to group up. And you have a late spring like we had this year, and there's 20 schools out. That gets that much smaller. That's like saying, okay, y'all can all fish inside J.P. Coleman Park. Yeah. You know, I mean, at that point in time, it just becomes – it's just – it's a madhouse. And – I, I didn't want to do it. I'm over it. I'm over getting out there and fighting with people. I'm over sitting out there fishing on a Tuesday and having a hole that I can catch a few fish on. And I have, you know, been gone, had a bad term. I just want to go fun fishing. And some dude in a boat bigger than mine pulls up, starts throwing out there over my line on a Tuesday. I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I'm done with all of it. And it really does take the fun so, out. <laughs> it does. I mean, it's just, it's not fun anymore. So, I just decided um, that this was a good opportunity. I had fished a lot while we were out for quarantine. And um, Cooper was born on May the 12th. And so I didn't go fishing till, you know, I don't know, about two weeks worth. I didn't go fishing or, you know, 10 days or so. Um, And really kind of let myself reset I had gotten to where I was catching a few fish. Um, me and my wife were fishing a lot of night tournaments and stuff, and I was catching a few fish, and then I kind of lost track of them. Um, and we started struggling a little bit, and I kept trying to force them to be in certain places, um, just traditional things. And so Cooper coming early was probably a blessing because I quit going there for like 10 days, like I said, and I sat back and thought about it. I'm like, okay. They're not where they're traditionally are by this time of year. It's definitely a different year. We've had a late spring. Let's restart this whole deal. Um, I was going to, you know, strictly look for brush to keep from having to fish ledges. But I decided as late of years we're having, I could probably still catch them shallow. Um, And so at that point, I mean, the first day I practiced, I put my boat in and I just started scanning shallow, less than 10 foot, um, looking for grass. And actually started finding a little bit of grass and finding some fish that were shallower. Um, I was pleasantly surprised to say there was a lot of color in the water and a lot of current. I'm not sure why TVA was running so much current. I guess we've got more rain than I'd realized. Um, but they're running a ton of current, and that's really conducive to have a good shallow bite. Um, the second day that I practiced, I actually went to an area that is traditionally just known to be good. You know, it's on the upper end of the lake. Um, a lot of big fish get caught in that whole general area. And I just started scanning around, and uh, I went by, I was out on the flat, and I went by a void in the grass um, with my side scan on my Hummingbird Mega Imaging and saw some dots out there in it. And I was like, oh crap, that, you know, that's possibly bass. So I waypoint them, I keep scanning around, and I go by another void out in the grass, and it's got a bunch of stumps in it. And what has it has some you know some dots out there amongst the stumps. Now, how many will that be? And and well, when you see that, it's is is it anything like when they're out on the ledges? Are you talking five dots? or Are you talking twenty dots? 
I just saw five or six in amongst, you know, out in the open. But the stumps would have a light spot sitting by them. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. I can just tell there's some activity going on out right. here. You know, I can't say there's 62 bass sitting there, yeah. there's three bass, whatever. I can see a few. So, yeah, I mean, I know there's five or six anyways, but there's little sprigs of grass, stumps, sticks, things like that. You know, it's not like it's just a clean river ledge bottom where you go on down scan. You can say, oh, well, there's 84 of them. Yeah. <laughs> I can just see out here, you know, out off the side scan, the grass had a big void, and I could see fish out there in it. So I circle back around and I pull up to the first waypoint, the little area, and um, my new Mega 360 is super clear. I could see right out there in the grass um, where the hole started. And a little side input there, I put a Sonar Pro's wiring kit on my units this week, and it made a huge difference on my 360, on the clarity of it. Um, That Mega 360 pulls a lot of power. And that wiring harness made a huge difference. Just so that's just a little here for you guys. Yes, I'm not sponsored by them. That's just that's just a little pro tip for you guys that listen to Luke's podcast. You ought to check out a Sonar Pro's wiring kit. It was really, really, it made a huge difference. It just it made the screen a lot brighter. Um, the returns were obviously stronger. Whole nine yards. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not super smart in how it works. I just know how to work them. <laughs> and I can tell you it made a lot of difference in just how clear it made everything. If you say they make so, they're better, you look at them as much as anybody I know. <laughs> it it makes it it made it a lot better. Um so anyways, um that was just my little pro tip for you guys. If you wasn't listening to that part of it, you missed out. You can't <laughs> you can't rewind. Um so anyways, um uh, I pull up, drop my turtle motor in. Find the find the hard spot out there amongst the grass on the 360, the little void. Throw a power worm out there. More bass have been calling Tennessee River on a power worm than anything else, so why not keep throwing it? Throw a power worm out there. Don't even get on the bottom good. I get a bite. Catch it. It's like a three-pounder. So I fix my worm. I throw it back out there. Don't hit the bottom. Four-pounder eats it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Obviously, that was bass, and there's some pretty good ones. So I just cranked up. Go back down. It's about a quarter mile down to where the other spot was. I go down, get down current of it, pull up, get lined up on my 360, make the cast out there, don't hit the bottom, four-pounder eats it. <laughs> I was like, all right, this was last Saturday. It was the second day that I practiced. So I scan and look all over the lake, shallow, you know, and I ended up finding, I think, about 10 areas that had schools of bass and under um, seven foot of water. That's cool. And some of them, some of them were – true schools on hard spots or current breaks or things like that but they were all shallower than everybody else was going to look um and they were really good ones too and that was the thing it was almost like your deep schools you normally catch they were three pounders and you catch the occasional fours things like that you know when you're going when you get on a hole and it's fresh and you can catch you know 17 18 pounds so now it's spinning through my head like i've got a really good spot up the lake that I think I can catch them but even if I don't I got a lot of backup areas so I practiced all the way until Tuesday Tuesday I decided I'm going to run back up there and I'm going to make one cast just see if I can catch one so I pulled up on my waypoint um, on one of the hard spots throw my worm out there I got my buddy Josh Lockard with me who was the co-angler champion of this tournament oh yeah he travels and practices with me everywhere 
We pull up. I make. I lined up. I said, "All right, dude." I caught that another day. He's right out here, and I throw my worm out there and hits the bottom, and I dragged it about six inches, and it just goes think. <laughs> and I said, "Dude, I got one." He's like, "Shut up!" And I said, "I swear." And I set the hook, and it's a short of seven pounder. It's like a six fifty something. Oof. And he said, "Oh my gosh, dude, don't throw back out there." And I said, "I'm not." But there was another hard spot kind of down this way. Let's just fish to it and see catch anything so i kicked trolling up on high i'm fishing my way down through there and rob newell calls me and he's like all right give me the rundown of what's gonna go on so i just sit there and i'm talking to him i'm telling him you know blah blah blah. fish are getting out it's may ha 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 whatever and he gets <laughs> done typical <laughs> interview <laughs> we get done and he's like all right so really what's up and i said i'm about to win shallow and he's like, for real? And I said, yes, I think so. And about that time, I get a bite, and it's a five-pounder. And I'm five, I floated 500 yards, you know, from where I just caught a seven, you know, a short of seven-pounder, six-and-a-half-pounder, whatever it was. And so now I'm like, okay, it's over. I'm about to, I'm, this is going down. So first morning, I run to, I'm a, I'm a super late boat number. And so I'm, you know, always, anytime you get on something, you're always wondering who else is going to be there. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like. Why is that? (laughs) It's just because it happens so much? Because I'm the same. Anytime you find anything good, you're like, there's definitely somebody else has found this. I guess it's just because it's such a deal breaker. The You know, like. More times than not. When you get there, if there's 10 boats there, you're like, all right, actually, that sucked. I thought it was good, (laughs) but it sucked. Exactly. Or you get there and there's nobody there and you're like, oh, crap, this is about to go down. You know what I mean? Yeah. I run down the lake. I'm late boat number out. I run down the lake, make the bend. I get out there and see my spot and there ain't a soul in sight. And I was like, okay, now for real, I'm going to win. Like, it's over. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's over. Um, I pulled up. I started on one hard spot, got a good bite and set the hook and it, um, you know, and I think it tore my worm in half or something. And I'm like, ah, crap. Should let him have it for a second. You know, I fixed my worm. I threw out there a couple of times. And I'm like, all right, let's go on down here. So, like, I had one that I really favored. Um, I felt like it was definitely the best cast. I saw the most fish around it. And I was just itching to go throw on it. Um, I didn't want to start right there because I wanted everybody to kind of get settled. Yeah. Um, so a few, you know, I let like 10 minutes go by. Everybody's kind of settled. And I crank it up. I run down there. And about the time I get set up, good Rob pulls up. And he's like, so you going to win? I said, I don't know. We're going to find out, buddy. And I throw out there. And he goes, don't. I catch a six-pounder. <laughs> throw it in the box. Throw out there, catch a keeper. Throw back out there about two or three casts later, catch a five-pounder, throw it in the box. Um, and then I turn and start fishing kind of towards my other waypoint. I catch some two-and-a-halves, catch a three. I've got 18 or 19 now. Get down to the other waypoint where I caught the five-pounder. When I was on the phone with Rob, I catch another, like, four-and-a-half. So now i got almost 21. I said, all right, i got to go. Like, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and keep catching them, but I, I – I called it before the tournament started. 18 pounds a day would win. It's yeah. been too tough. Yeah. I know it's been winning night tournaments out there. I know it's been winning on Saturdays. Like 18 pounds a day is going to win. And I've got 21 now, and I barely sampled it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I didn't have, I didn't have to fish hard for them. I just pulled up, made my cast, caught my bass, took off down the lake. And I just wanted to, I wanted to go check. And check some of these shower places to see who possibly had found some of those. 
<laughs> because I ran into a deal at Lake Travis my rookie year. Um, I found a I found a deal way up the river that was awesome. I mean, it was as good a bite as I've ever been on. But the first morning, it was foggy, and I was a late boat number. And so I stopped on the depot I'd found and actually caught 16 pounds, which was a big bag at Travis. I was in six after day one. So I didn't make the long run up the river. I just moseyed around down there and fished around. Well, day two comes around, and I couldn't get on my depot. Um, a competitor, uh, a fellow angler that was fishing on the bank saw me catch him that morning, and he was <laughs> going to help me catch him on day two. So I'm just like, whatever. I, I think this up the river's better anyway. So I run an hour up there and I get up there and the creek's blowed out. So if on day one, when I had the bag of fish I had, I should have run up there and checked it out. Just to know. To know. Yeah. Just to know. So day, so that lesson learned on this, you know, in this tournament, day one, I called them really good. So I'm like, I'm going to go see who's where, what's still going on, what I can get, you know, just go sample some stuff and keep a fresh idea of what's happening in case it goes south tomorrow, I'll know where I need to go. So I run in the lake, check a few places, scan a few holes. I'm um, trying to help my co-owner catch a limit, showing him where to cast. I throw out there uh, one little school, and I catch another four-and-a-half-pounder that gives me, you know, right at 22. Um, and I pretty much was done after that. I just kind of let him fish, and, you know, day one ends, I'm in second place. So start of day two, I'm an early boat number. So I get to run straight to my spot, start fishing around, throw out there. I'm getting bit instantly, and they're straight two pounders. <laughs> and, and you're like, uh oh. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is the part where this dream turns into back to normal life. Like I'm not gonna win anymore because I don't know what the crap is going you're on. You're like, I need a check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'll be honest with you. At Chickamauga this year, I got on a super, you know, just an awesome bite up the river. Um, had a lot of color and a lot of current. I just run current brakes and stone spinnerbait and had an awesome bite going on. And I missed the top 10 by one ounce um, due to two lost fish, one each day. They were just, I, I, I mean, to be 100% honest with you, I lost a seven pounder the first day and it had my whole spinnerbait eight. Mm. And when she finally jumped by the boat and opened her mouth, the blades and everything came out. So I'm sure the arm kept her from getting hooked good. Yes, you know? Yeah, of course. And that's and that's what happens when you catch, you know, when you run in you run into that when you're catching really big ones on spinnerbait. If they eat the whole thing, it's hard to hook them. It is. You're right. So anyway, so really what started going through my mind on day two is I'm like, I don't want to miss another opportunity to make a top ten. Especially right like, there at home, yeah. These don't come around that often and I've got I missed a really good one at Chickamauga, and I got a really good one here. You know, I just don't need to screw that up. So I fished out there for a while, and I only caught two pounders, and I told my guy I was – I started kind of swimming my worm around, and I noticed I could see it a lot deeper um, mm. than I had been able to see it. So essentially I think the water started cleaning up. And either the big ones got a little harder to catch or they moved out a little bit. And the problem was there wasn't any grass out a little bit deeper. And off the river ledge right there, there's some stumps and whatnot. But I kind of had them corralled up when the water was colored up. You know what I mean? Could I have possibly just floated down the river ledge just outside the grass, thrown to a stump, thrown around, and caught a big one or two? Maybe. But... You do that all day, and you don't ever catch one. Now I've missed my top ten. That's so right. I jerk the trolling motor up at 10 o'clock, go down the lake, fish a few shallow places, 
you know, and catch 13, whatever I had. And I came back that afternoon and went right back out there and started trying to, you know, catch them again. And we went right back to getting bit. And the biggest one we caught was like a two and a half pounder. I, I don't know. I, I can't put my finger on where they went. Um, did you ever try a digger dredger on those fish? <laughs> I did not throw a digger dredger out there just, because, just know, because of the grass. Now that but, the tournament's over, I can tell you that's what I've been catching them on is a digger dredger. Yeah, I probably, I probably should have. I've taught you this dredger. before. I don't know why. <laughs> Justin and I fish together. Berkeley makes it. There's a secret crankbait that Berkeley makes and not a lot of people know about called the digger dredger. And Justin's got a few of them and he should just always throw it. <laughs> It's just it's always your go-to, buddy. <laughs> it is my go-to. No, no offense, six cents, but uh, y'all don't have anything on that digger dredger. <laughs> well, so talk about the uh, hearing you and how intense you are, and I and I know you really well. And but the coolest thing for me because a lot of people think these tournaments, and I heard Jacob say this when he won, these tournaments are harder to win than any other tournament, right? That's the hardest tournament to win, in my opinion. Talk about and I that. Tell you, I, I tell you what, the two hardest tournaments to win, I feel like, number one is a is a Toyota Series, a AAA event, a Bassmaster Open, whatever, you know, that that caliber of tournament. And then a BFL is the second hardest tournament For to win, sure. in my opinion. For sure. A BFL, you have to have a magical day and everything go right to win that tournament. Because you got one day to do it, um, you know, and you start throwing multiple days in there, you can have three really good days and win. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Instead of having one magical day, like you got to have in a BFL. So, I think winning a BFL is super hard, and equally as hard as winning a Toyota Series. Um, but it's the reason a Toyota Series is so hard to win is because you have Jacob Wheeler. Um, I'm trying to think, Michael Neal was there. Tim Horton, Jason Lambert, Buddy Tim Gross, Horton, Jason Lambert, Buddy Gross. That's right. All the people that are supposed to catch, you know, at Pickwick off the bank in May are there. You know, from all over the place. Plus, all the local guys that fish here daily, mm-hmm. guides on the lake, people that dominate yeah. all the Saturdays. Brian Anderson. Brian Anderson. <laughs> Michael Thank Brewer you. had a great little buddy. Michael. Michael, Michael Brewer. Michael Brewer. Michael and his dad have been catching them out there for like a hundred years. Yes. You know what I mean? It's all the guys that are that catch them on these lakes are getting in those tournaments. So it's not like a tour event where you may have one guy that happens to be his home lake. Right. You know, you got fifty guys in it that that's their home lake, plus twenty guys that do it for a living and Half of them, it's probably their home lake. Cameron Galtney. Cameron Galtney. You got That's Sloan right. Pennington. You got so many of these guys that catch them. That's right. So those tournaments are so hard to win because you have such a huge group of guys that catch them day in and day out that get in those. Um, so I've said that all along. Those are by far, you know, the hardest tournaments Do you to win. feel as much pressure in an event like that as you do, say, a Bass Pro Tour event? Or is it a different kind of pressure? Or it's different. Um, there's no pressure like a Bass Pro Tour event, and I'll tell you why. In a normal tournament, you just got to make five good casts. You got all day to do it, and you got to make five good casts. In a Bass Pro Tour event, you need to be on your game 
from go or you get buried. And Jacob Wheeler runs a hundred pounds up on them <laughs> daily. And I just got to make five good casts, you know, this past weekend to compete with Jacob Wheeler. But when we get to Florida next week, I'm going to have to make 105 good casts <laughs> exactly. to keep up with him. So, um, to be honest with you, fishing the Bass Pro Tour has made me such a relaxed fisherman in a five-fish tournament. It's unreal. Wow. Like I okay. Don't get stressed out about it because I'm like, at any moment. Like, I got all day. <laughs> You got all day. That's true. All day. You could take a nap. And technically, they can't run in a five fish event, they can't run the scoreboard up that much. Correct. They, at some point in it's time, it's gonna, create, it's gonna create a it's gonna be a plateau. It's gonna max out, yeah. So, you know, I mean, if you could catch a seven pounder early, you could take a nap under a shade tree <laughs> and then you'll finish your limit and you look just as good as everybody else did that day. I'm gonna so. bet though that you fish if you catch a seven pounder in the morning, you don't take many naps because i know you and i bet you fish just as hard in a toyota as you do in a bpt when the, oh, score, when the score tracker's dinging in your ear i fish just as hard in a monday night or out of mill creek as i do in the bass pro tour event i'm uh I'm I competitive i like to catch them um and you know it's just fun that's what that's what makes the sport fun so talk about you, you get to weigh in, you make your top 10, you get to weigh in in front of, for the first time, and he's barely been here with us on this crazy world very long, my new god-nephew, <laughs> Cooper. Cooper, so Cooper, the best picture ever on day one, you and Tessa and Cooper. My, Marissa was like, look at this, this is awesome. I was so pumped, dude. And I figured you would win just because of the baby pattern, because that does – that does tend to follow professional fishing. That's what everybody keeps telling me. Yeah. I thought maybe that's where I was going to cash that in, but I, I may wait and cash it in in Florida. I think you um, should next week. <laughs> I think you should wait. It will, it will pay really good if I cash it in next week. So maybe that's what we're going to wait on. But, yeah, it was uh, it was awesome. Um, my wife is a goer and a doer. You know, she doesn't miss out on anything. She's going she's gonna to be right in the middle of it. So, I hope he. Uh, I hope he likes going and doing because he's he's got a bunch of weigh-ins to go to. Well, listen, so. that's how you know my boys and my boys are. That's how they always were, man. We're just getting a truck and go, baby. That's what we do, and they just you know they grew up that way, and that's what they know, and and they they like to ride and they like to travel and all that good stuff. So, are they going to go with you to heavy hitters next week? No, I feel like with as crazy as the world is at this very moment. <laughs> Yes. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep them here, and we uh I got I got several tournaments this year. You know, later in the fall, he'll be a little bit older. Um, feeding schedule will probably be stretched out a little bit more, and he'll uh they'll probably go to a few of those with me. But for the next next couple weeks, I got some. I gotta go to heavy hitters, and then I go up north a little bit. And right now, it's just not a good time to. Not a good time to be out well, in I, some towns of America. I, I would agree with that. I, I would not. Uh, I opened the show today by by talking about that a little bit, and, it, and it's sad to see what kind of shape we're in. And and uh, traveling around, you got to be thinking about. It. You know, that's what I said. It, it, you we you're like me. We live in these amazing communities, and you small towns. And when it hit home with me is when it was in Nashville last night, you know, and things start getting crazy. You're like, damn, that's right up the road, man. So you start, you know, that's when my boys are asking me questions and you start trying to figure out how to explain to them what's going on in the world. And there's no good answers and no good uh, things to say, I guess. But, you know, we had a long talk about it last night and you and I talked about it 
right after Cooper was born. And that is something that hits you hard when you become a new dad. And, and just a dad in general is all the craziness of the world and how you navigate it for your little ones and stuff, man. So I get that. I totally get leaving them. I know you're dreading, uh, dreading driving down there and leaving that baby boy at home for the first for time. Sure. For sure. All right. Let me, let me ask you this because this, this week has been nuts beyond the, just in our fishing world. And I got to ask you because I've had a lot of, a lot of people emailing me, messaging me, you know, Hey, talk about this. Cause they knew I ran an Evan Rude last year, but what are, what are you hearing on that? I mean, you're national pro staff with Evan Rude. Were you guys notified at all or how, I mean, cause obviously it's terrible. You got a lot of people losing their jobs over 600 people, but how, yeah. how are, how are you taking this news? You know, it, um, it really sucked. I mean, that was, what sucked about it the most was I found out on Facebook before I even got, you know, got the email and, um, you know, my, my boss who lost, who lost her job was trying to call us all as quick as she could before it got out. And, and she called, um, you know, called and told me and it was too late. It was already out there. So I'm like, I, it's amazing how fast, no, you know, man. word gets out on the internet. Um, but anyways, you know, I, I mean, it sucks. And not only was it, major sponsor my number one number two they were my one of my favorite sponsors to work with i said that uh, yeah, they great were, people they awesome people service people were awesome my boss was awesome um if i called her at ten thirty at night she may answer and say this better be good but she <laughs> that's would right answer. no doubt you know, it was guaranteed like she would answer send me a text say i'll call you right back whatever it was awesome um, I freaking loved working for Evan Road. Um, that's the first part that, you know, that sucks. Um, the second part that sucks is those people that I'm talking about that are so awesome, they paid their house payment with that job. No doubt. You know, and all of a sudden one day they got up and it was gone. Uh, I, I hate that for them more than anything. Uh, that's the biggest thing I think that sucks. And then number three, I have run a Evan Rude minus one year since 2006, and that company's 115 years old. And I think it's sad to see an iconic company like that close. It, it, um, it is, and I talked about that a little before before you came on. In that, it sucks so bad to see, and I think that's what we get into when these companies get bought out and bought out and bought out, yeah. and they sell, and they take a a lot of times these families take the take the big money, and you can't say they shouldn't right you and i sitting here somebody comes in and says hey justin i'm buying your business for x amount of millions you're like hey i'm taking care of tessa and cooper let's rock you know and and that's what happens and that's what we've seen at ranger and that's what we saw at triton and that's what we you know procraft back in the day and stratus and we've seen this time and time and time again mercury sold to brunswick all these things happen and it becomes corporate but it's the saddest thing when it just disappears and yeah. you know like you said you grew up with Evan Rude. I mean I had a dang Evan Rude trolling motor at one point <laughs> you know yeah, back in the exactly. day me and my dad on one of our first little bumblebees we had but it's just iconic brand it's just gonna disappear like my kids will never know Evan Rude, you know and, sure. and that's crazy but I think from a business standpoint talk about as I talked about this a little bit but talk about from your standpoint on the pro angler side I mean, are you worried? Because this definitely, you don't have many options, 
right, in the terms right. of pro staff, and more options is always more better, <laughs> to For say sure. the very least. And so are you worried now? I mean, because there's going to be that many more guys looking for deals at Mercury, looking for deals at Yamaha, Suzuki, whoever. You know, there are yeah. not that many motor cars. Is that something that concerns you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's, you know, and to touch on something, you know, I, the night that that, that that was announced, I saw all over every boat form on Facebook, guys, ha-ha, piss on Evan Rude, ha-ha-ha, hashtag Team Mercury Marine, ha-ha-ha. And I'm like... It's not a competition. <laughs> it's not a competition. Like, I, I pay... I feed my family like that. You right. know what I mean? Evan Rude fed my family and paid my house payments. Um, essentially, I lost my job. No doubt. Day. You lost it. You took a huge pay cut anyways, yeah. You know, and it's like... It's people are brand loyal I, 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 in fishing to a fault. To a fault. To a fault. They are. For yeah, whatever I mean, reason in our little world, they are brand loyal to a fault. It, it exactly, you know, and they. I think they lose sight of the big picture. They, they um, do, and I think a guy that's like, you know, lives in his lives wherever he lives, and he's like Mercury, Mercury, Mercury. I'm like, buddy, here's the deal. Uh, Mercury's a great company with a lot of great employees that make great products. But I dare say, if you knew how companies, any company, right? Like if you're a Chevy guy or a Toyota guy, or what? If you knew that's the right. inner workings I mean, of any of it's... these companies, you probably wouldn't be waving the flag all the time because there's a lot of crap that goes on with any of these corporations. Yeah, and that's what, and that's right. It's not, it's not just Mercury people no, or just Yamaha no. people. I mean, there was Evanry people that were like that. It's you know what I'm saying, but like it just. It opened my eyes when oh, I saw that. Yeah. How many people are just like savage over a discount that they may possibly <laughs> get in a sticker to go on their back window? And I'm like, Team Mercury, baby, Team Mercury, Team know, Yamaha, Team whoever, whatever it is. You know, I mean, it just drove me nuts. So, it's, um, is it like that in other sports? No, I, it's, it's not. not. It's really people not. People aren't hashtag Rawlings. <laughs> over getting a discount on a glove for their kids' high school team. They're Hashtag Hibbit Sports. You get out of here, dicks. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I'm an academy man. That's where I buy my kids' balls and bats from. <laughs> I, know. I know. I don't. I don't get it. Is, it is definitely fishing. I, I think about that because you don't see golfers like, "Hey, man, screw you! I'm a Titleist. You get that crap out of here." I don't even know golf brands. I knew one. I, I threw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> I threw one out there. I slung it. <laughs> I sent it. Stay in my lane. <laughs> I know. So I don't, I don't know why it's gotten that way. Well, and it's like that, though. It, in fishing's like that, but in our country, like, it, you hate to see people take joy. And, and like we said, you know, we know great people at Evanry that have lost their jobs, and then there's 600 more out there that are losing theirs. So yeah. it's not, we need to all kind of breathe sometimes and not, and not uh, just start typing. You know, sure. not not start typing, but all right. So I know get, I know you got to get back. Get back to your question, yeah. though. I'm a little bit concerned about it. Um, I had a, a stellar deal with them. Um, I worked hard for them, and they rewarded me for it. I love their product. Um, I, don't get me wrong. You know, Mercury, Yamaha, Suzuki, Honda. They all make a great product. Oh I yeah. Will be, I will be running somebody's next year. I'm not sure who it is right now. Um, they make a great product. I will find, you know, 
the best fit. You know, the best fit um, to who I feel like I can benefit the most, and uh, we're going to go from there. And so I'm looking – one thing I've learned is when there's – when doors close, doors open, there's always – there's always a bright side somewhere. There's another opportunity. You just got to be a go-getter and kind of find it. And so I took a few days to go fishing, kind of stew on it. I look back at my at my G2 on my Falcon and got teary-eyed a couple times. I mean, it's it's pretty dang depressing. I, I love that motor. I loved everything about it, um, the electric shift, the electric uh, foot pad, the throttle, the steering, the whole nine yards. I mean, it was like uh, – Excellent. Well, excellent you're the motor. reason it's, I got one last year. You're the sole fast. reason. You talked about it nonstop. I'm like, oh, I got to get one. Yeah. Yeah. It was super fast. I mean, I loved everything about it. So it was a little bit depressing to see it go, but we're going to, like you said, it was the best way to put it. I'm going to try to speak with, you know, speak with several of these companies and just see kind of where I feel like my best fit's going to be. You know, I've. Um, I think you need to go to Hotsu. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe maybe we can have a Justin Atkins edition two fifty signature series to signature series racing Tahatsu with flames painted on. I think blue I, flames, I, blue flames. I think yeah. I think that that's what uh, I I think another. Hey, we got all these trolling motors now. I think we need more outboards. I mean, Some, somebody's got to step up. Somebody's got to fill yeah. their shoes of Evandrude. So Tahatsu, Tahatsu hit me up. Yeah, Tahatsu, if you're listening, I don't know if I if I'm big with the Tahatsu employees or not. But listen, if you guys are listening right now, watching this on YouTube, uh, shout out my boy Atkins. He he's gonna need a motor, and y'all make a good one. We all know that. I, they, I see some 1974 Tahatsus running around out here at Laurel Hill Lake sometimes. So I, I know oh, yeah. they're still running. All right, so Absolutely. so I want to. I'm not going to keep you much longer because I know you got Coops probably sitting there like, man, Dad, you talked to this guy for a long time. Um, two things. First of all, I know that uh, this this crazy. I got to get your opinion, and I ha- I've talked to you kind of off the record, but are you excited about the FLW Pro Circuit Super Duper Tournament Smash Up? Are you? Uh, what's your overall feeling on that, man? I, I know. You were all in with Bass Pro Tour. You have enjoyed that. You lo- obviously love the no entry fee thing. That is a big, big deal to you. And for just, sure. just like it is for a lot of anglers, are you – I mean, what what was your take when they're like, hey, this is what we've got to do right now? You know, um, as crazy as things are, I, I, this will be a good point to make right here. I'm – I'm appreciative that we're going to get to fish the FLW Super Tournaments. Um, do I, I feel like as a Bass Pro Tour angler, we need to push the Bass Pro Tour as much as possible. Yes. But if the best business decision to keep it going is to have a couple Bass Pro Tour events and then allow us to also fish some FLW events so that I get to support my sponsors and possibly make a little money, that's that's okay with me. I mean, that's, that's what you got to do. I don't, that's what we got to do. So I'm fine with it. I wish Evan Rude, the people at Bombardier, I'm never buying your snowmobile now. Um, <laughs> I wish they I ain't buying a sea do. It ain't happening. <laughs> I ain't buying your sea do either. Um, I wish they would have taken a, a little different approach to maybe, hey, we need to do this or that instead of just like, let's have a conference call. Y'all, you guys are fired. Have a good day. Yeah. Um, so, like I said a minute ago, I always try to see the positive in things. And so, 
I've heard some negativity about us fishing the tour events. I've heard some people that think it's a great idea. I'm I'm completely okay with it. Um, to be honest with you, I'm super stoked about getting to go fish the old tour events. I miss them. I miss seeing those guys. I miss, you know, the whole nine yards. I mean, it was just that was a big part of my career for two years. You know what I mean? There was like family, and I packed up and left one day. So it's kind of be it's going to be like a going home almost. Um, so I'm really excited about all that. Uh, you you can't be excited about the big field though. I know, I know you can't be just overly pumped about two of Man, it does. I mean, or maybe I'm just a complainer. That's, that's just, I mean, that's what we fished. It just is what I it mean, is. Yeah, you fished a lot of 200 boat tournaments. I'm just saying, you get to that 80 yeah. or 40, well, you got well, fishing against really, 40. <laughs> well, really, it's 40. Yeah, um, that's going to be different. And, and it's, oh, there's no doubt it's different. Um, on a 40 boat Bass Pro Tour event, Heck, half the time I ride down the lake, I don't ever see anybody. I'm <laughs> it's like, gotta be, it's gotta be weird. I guess, I'm, I guess this is a good spot. There's nobody else fishing in here. You know, um, you don't get that feeling much in a tour, man. It's, it's no, you it's see everybody all day, and if you don't see anybody in a tour event, you're getting beat or you're winning. <laughs> you're either winning or you're, you're either winning or you're getting dominated. That's exactly right. <laughs> yes, and that's, and that's you know that's really. Um, that's the thing about a Bass Pro Tour event. It took me a little while to get used to last year. In Bass Pro Tour events, you go fish the most obvious spots. Go to that pipe that's running out. Go to that bridge. Because you can. Whatever. Because you can, because there ain't enough guys out there to cover all that. That's a good point. But in a tour event, you're looking for that sneaky hole. You know what I mean? Yeah. That old wall little place that ain't nobody else thought about throwing their worm this week. That's right. And so there's two different complexes there. It's fun to fish the Bass Pro, Bass Pro Tour event because just like Chris Lane got the community hole pipe that you follow and just yeah. a big one. That's fun. You know what I mean? He probably wouldn't have got that in a 200 boat tournament. No, so or wouldn't have got it for four days or whatever. For four three days, days. Yeah. that's right. So that's what's fun about the Bass Pro Tour events is we get to you get to kind of fish whatever you want. The fun I find fun in the tour event though having a 200 boat tournament and going and finding that sneaky hole. You know what I mean? So because when you find it, you're like, yeah. Yeah, this is it. This you is know, it. So. It's like you said with this week, you found a couple of sneaky deals that when you pulled up the first morning and there's 150 boats, you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And you, right. and you rode it all the way. All right. One more thing. So talk about a little bit, you're back on your horse now. Momentum's huge. You've had a freaking stupid good spring, caught the crap out of that fork. Then they just yanked the rug out of the whole country. Everything went on hold and you haven't fished a major event until last week. So that, but you're back in the saddle fifth place. Have you ever fished Florida in June? I have never been to Florida in June. The latest I've ever been to Florida is right at the 1st of April. I fished a, um ultimate match fishing event on Okeechobee. Um, to be honest with you, I'm I'm looking forward to it more so in June than I do in January because I, I know yeah. we ain't going to have a cold front. I, I think, and I, I talked to uh, – I had Ish Monroe on last week, and I think I'm more interested in this tournament, and I think I have been all year. I'm more interested, and it was originally in May, but I've been more interested in this tournament um, 
for a lot of reasons, but for that standpoint of the techniques and things, it's so yeah. different. And I know that Florida just kind of fishes like Florida, you know, or whatever, but we all know the things that dominate down there. But but I feel like this time of year, this is gonna be it's gonna be a cool event to pay attention to. Yeah, it'll be something different go down. So, you know, we always go in January or February. You know, sometimes they'll they'll mix it up a little, and you'll get a late February, and sometimes, there it's still yeah. gonna be a cold front at some point. <laughs> and a bunch of guys go out there and wind a little grass swim bait, or flip a you know flip a creature bait in a mat, and you have a derby out of it. But you know, wind a chatterbait around. But like this week, it's gonna be June. It's gonna be hot. It'll be something different. Like there'll be something go down that'll be cool and fun to watch. I feel like because it's so it's refreshing. It's not a it's not a Florida in January. It's not a Tennessee River in June. It's not a up north in August. It's a we're going to Florida in June, and nobody ever does that. Yeah, so. I think that's what I like about if there's anything that can be gained from the corona craziness and all these reschedules, especially with the, the Bassmaster schedule, they're going into like freaking December, which I think mm-hmm. is really cool. You guys are with the mix up with the FLW. You guys are fishing into what? Y'all are going to September, right? September. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I think we're going to see different techniques than we normally see. I uh, think that's I mean, very interesting for the fans. Speaking and, on that, I wish we could have one event a month all year. I, I do wish too. we could get one in I January all the way through one in December. I would love it. I mean, and not January yeah, in Florida. Let's go January to freaking Lake Lanier or something crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what I want to say. Yeah, that some, would be a lot of fun. Yeah, just some different stuff. But, well, all right, buddy. Um, I wish you the best of luck down there. And I know there's some big money on the line for sure, more so than normal, sounds like. And uh, I hope you're the one that figures out these new crazy techniques and you use those electronics you're so good with to smash on them. You just got to make a hunt. Remember this. You said this earlier. Just this is your motivation for this week. You've only got to make 105 good casts a day to beat Jacob. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. 105. Not 104. If you make 104 good casts, you're getting beat. Just remember that. I'm getting beat. That's exactly right. All right, dude. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you, sir. Thank you, dude. All right. There he is. The man, the myth, the Atkins. That was uh, that was a lot of fun, man. Justin is a very detailed dude. He can talk the talk. He can walk the walk. And I promise you, when it comes to electronics, holy crap, nobody knows as much as that guy. Not, not many people. He used to work for Humminbird, Graffin Lakes, to do uh, surveys for um, – mapping so a lot of your lake master charts justin actually did a lot of that work very cool very comfortable with his electronics and and he's and you notice that he's a very confident guy and i've always admired that about him because confidence is so huge in bass fishing because it's all decision oriented it is a very mental game and i've always admired that about him because when he feels like he's going to catch him he does he he can he can follow through with it not get flustered, not panic, and and I think that's why he's done so well at his young age. So, uh, congrats to him on another big finish at the Toyota Series, and we'll see what he does down there at that Mega Millions or whatever. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, heavy hitters, heavy hitters. They're, they're giving away a lot of money down there. Looks like. So I think they've got they got one more after that, and then uh, then there'll be FLW in it. FLW, FLWF, FLW. FLW. 
super tournaments. We'll start with 206 boats. So, geez, we went long, guys. We went long. I, I, I love talking to Justin, though, so there's, there's definitely uh, always going to be a little overkill of information and time when Justin and I get together on the phone. Hope you all enjoyed that. Thank you all so very much for everything. Listening to the podcast, even if you don't like it, even if you listen to it and then you go get on the Mom's Basement forums and you're like, I don't like Luke Duncan with your caps lock on and you misspell my name and stuff. That's cool. As long as you're listening. I, You know, I had a guy this week tell me, hey, I, I completely, absolutely 1,000% disagree with everything you say about, uh, this was on the last episode about the super tournaments. He said, but I love your show and I love you. And, but I just want to let you know, I think you're wrong. And I think that what you're saying is, is, you know, I don't agree with it. I loved that because that's where we should be in this country right now. That's what we're facing. If you disagree with me, it doesn't mean I'm a bad guy. It doesn't mean you're a bad guy. For the most part, we can disagree and still get along and I can still respect you and you can still respect me. So Hopefully there are bits and pieces of this you like, even if you don't like me. Thank you for listening. Thank you to you loyal, loyal, loyal low lifers. Thank you to Justin Atkins for coming on. Thank you to StarTron for always bringing you low budget live. And I'm going to take you out with a little song I wrote called Biloxi Blues. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Hug your mama. Y'all take care. And let's get this country back straight, y'all. Spanish moss and Civil War ghosts Well, I'm gonna leave them in the past Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine It don't matter, east or west North, south, wherever the wind blows I'm leaving those burdens at rest This highway It does not know my name And I don't care, no And a spare Just a white line gypsy Getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there A life that has the stories to back it A life to be proud of it's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.